On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Canada gets hit with a huge wave of Model 3 design studio invites, Tesla loses a key department head, the Model 3 gets showcased in China, and more. Welcome, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 143 for April 29th, 2018. I'm joined on the couch next to me by, of course, Daisy the Box Puppy, who I realize that sounds like I'm, I figure you guys may be picturing like a Tonight Show, uh, Johnny Carson, Ed McMahon situation where you've got the co-host over on the couch, except Daisy doesn't sit there and go, Haha, yes, yes. She just sighs and, and snores on occasion. But anyway, good to be back with you for another week of Tesla coverage here on Ride the Lightning. A quick follow-up from last week. A handful of folks mentioned to me that the Ashley Vance biography of Elon Musk, uh, there is a, a chunk of that dedicated to Elon's hatred for silly acronyms. Uh, which I had mentioned I'd called that out as sort of a strange thing, I thought, in the uh, the company-wide email that we analyzed last week. So uh, there you go. Now I know that there is Elon Musk has something of a history between himself and excessive strange acronym use. It's funny. I, a couple of people said, oh, you should read it. And I, I, you know, I've obviously been aware of the book. It came out in 2015. But I, uh, I haven't had much interest in reading it, honestly, because it's, uh, it's not really an authorized biography. It's sort of like an uh, acknowledged biography by Elon Musk, but I think he disputes certain bits and pieces in it. So I don't know. I, I probably still should at some point. I'm sure I'd find, find it interesting at the very least. But yeah, I guess the, the sort of uh, lack of a full endorsement from Elon has, has cooled my personal interest in checking it out. But in any case, uh, it was good to learn that, that the uh, acronym thing does have a history. I wanted to mention something else that is relevant to all, uh, well, the current Model 3 owners probably know this already, but this is more for the rest of us, those of us that are still waiting for our cars. I took a quick ride to lunch last weekend with uh, my friend Michael from Milbray, of course, a regular caller here on the show, in his Model 3, which is doing wonderfully, no uh, no issues with it yet, nothing nothing uh, but joy for him and his family, which has just been great. You know, he called in last week with his experience taking the car on its first road trip to Disneyland. But in any case, I wanted to report some good news from, from being in the car. Uh, as he was driving, he turned on the rearview camera for me, and he pointed this out as we were as we were driving. He turned it on, and and uh, the proof was right there in the pudding. The rear view camera, it really is. It is a lot better because uh, at least in daylight, we were we were going to lunch, so it was just a it was a normal, pretty nice sunny day. Uh, didn't get to see it at night, but I have seen the Model Three backup camera in action back in November. As you'll recall, when I reported my first impressions from checking the car out and driving the car, and it really was a, a sore a sore point for me, a sticking point, because uh, as I've told you guys, I in, when I've been in an S or an X, 
I really prefer to leave that backup camera on because it does a pretty good job of covering blind spots. If I'm going to change lanes, I can take a quick glance uh, at the at the rear view camera screen on the which I would always anchor to the top half of the Model S and Model X 17-inch uh, screen, and I just I could verify after checking my mirrors that okay, yep, nobody's there. I'm good to move over. So I like leaving it on, but in the Model Three, at least. In the in the early versions of the software, the when I had driven the car back in November, and even even a bit more recently, it was just not like you couldn't really use it while leaving it on. Like the the just the the frame rate of it was. Uh, and there's probably a video term that's better for this purpose than frame rate, but it was just a very choppy video display, uh, not very detailed. The the you know resolution wasn't wasn't seemingly super great just the image quality was poor so uh, it was great to see Michael pull that up and show it to me and it's totally usable now I think again at least in daylight you can leave it on while you drive which I like to do uh, my one other little nitpick though and hopefully this will be solved in time as well but the uh, you, you still can't leave the camera on on the on the model 3 screen and have media controls accessible at the same time. They're there. They're at the bottom. They're like anchored right because the, the what happens is the camera pops up in in basically a pop up window in the middle of that you know right three quarters of the screen because of course the, the the left quarter of the screen is fixed for your speedometer and your uh, sort of uh, autopilot illustration view that shows the icon of your car and, and other cars around it and the lane markings. But um, yeah, so that, that whole other usable right side of the screen, the camera pops up as a, as a window and there is room below it, you know, cause it's a, it's a, like a 16 by nine aspect ratio. Seemingly there's room down there to have the, the, the docked media controls that you can see them because it's a, it's an opaque window, you know, just like a, just like on a computer. But you can't use it. You can't have the camera up and use those audio controls on the screen at the same time. So I'm really hoping that's going to be the next thing that comes via a software update so that I can have that camera up all the time. Uh, and, and I'm sure I can't be the only one that wants to do this and have those media controls accessible. But nevertheless, kudos to the Tesla team for really making uh, significant improvements in the functionality of that camera. All right, let's get to the news. I wanted to start with some good news. Now, if you are a Canadian listener of mine, you probably got what what for some of you may have been a very unexpected email this week, and that was your invitation to configure your Model 3. A gigantic wave of Model 3 Design Studio invites went out to Canadian reservation holders. I received a number of reports from uh, from listeners of the show, and my friend, who is himself a Canadian, Trevor Page, from the Model 3 Owners Club, he was reporting that he had a ton of people, because of course, not only he's he's uh, he's doing his thing in the Tesla community, but he's also a Canadian, so he's he's keeping extra close tabs on this stuff. A lot of people reporting to him that a ton of invites went out. In fact, one of my Canadian listeners uh, mentioned to me that they had reserved, they didn't put down their reservation until late 2017, and they got their invitation this week. So it seems to me 
that Tesla is pushing as many first production cars to Canada uh, as, as they possibly can right now, which I have to believe is almost certainly a move to push that U.S. federal tax credit phase out, uh, tr the trigger for it, into Q3, which has been, you know, seemingly what what's what Tesla has been aiming for, and this appears to be part of that strategy. Now, it also doesn't hurt that the province of Ontario, as as I've talked about here, and we've had uh, callers chipping in on the news on that front, that Ontario has that extremely generous fourteen thousand Canadian dollar provincial rebate that uh, evidently could be at risk depending on how Canada's upcoming elections go. So this move, this apparent move to uh, invite a whole bunch of Canadian reservation holders seems to be a way that Tesla can not only help as many Canadian customers, uh, now certainly the, just help them in general, full stop right there, but also uh, give a, a specific extra hand to Ontario reservation holders who can still take advantage of that credit while it does exist, while simultaneously, uh, in a roundabout way, benefiting American reservation holders by holding that tax credit at bay uh, so it does not trigger the phase-out, and uh, that when it when that, that phase-out does trigger, Tesla is humming along at hopefully at least 5,000 units per week, and the maximum total number of of reservation holders and customers of Tesla can take advantage of the full $7,500 rebate. So uh, congratulations to all of my Canadian friends and listeners who received their Model 3 invites this past week. Uh, it's, you know, some of you are no doubt holding out for dual motor. It's Canada, you've got winter. I, I don't blame you at all, but if you are interested in that first production car, this week uh, was, was some definite good news for you. Next up this week, Electrek reports that Tesla's head of autopilot, a gentleman by the name of Jim Keller, has departed the company to go back to working solely on microprocessors, which is what his background was in when he came to Tesla in the first place uh, a couple of years ago. Tesla issuing a statement here saying, quote, today is Jim Keller's last day at Tesla, where he has overseen low-voltage hardware, autopilot software, and infotainment. Prior to joining Tesla, Tim's core uh, pardon me, Jim's core passion was microprocessor engineering, and now he's joining, uh, he's now joining a company where he'll be able to once again focus on this exclusively. We appreciate his contributions to Tesla and wish him the best, end quote. Tesla is uh, choosing to promote from within to fill this role. They are tapping a gentleman by the name of Pete Bannon, himself a former Apple chip guy who had come over from Apple. Uh, I'm not sure if it was directly with Keller or in the wake of him, but came over from there as well. And Tesla saying, quote, Pete Bannon, who has been at Tesla for over two years, will now lead autopilot hardware. Pete has been building processors since 1984, co-led the development of Apple's A5 chip, and then continued development through, the, through to the A9 chip. Prior to Apple, Pete was the VP of Architecture and Verification at PA Semi. Uh, Andre Carpathy, Tesla's Director of AI and Autopilot Vision, will now have overall responsibility for all autopilot software. Tesla adding, quote, 
Tesla is deeply committed to developing the most advanced silicon in the world, and we plan to dramatically increase our investment in that area while building on the world-class leadership team we have in place. So that last statement to me uh, may, may be a preemptive response to exactly what I'm thinking and others may very well be too. And that is, it's a bit concerning that Tesla has had some major turnover in those critical autopilot uh, executive positions over the last few years. Pete Bannon will now make the third head of the program in recent times. So, I mean, I suspect it's a job with an extremely high degree of difficulty. I mean, you are trying, your ultimate goal is to pull off something that has never been achieved before, doing what is today the impossible. So it's it's definitely a high degree of difficulty job. I figure that probably means a lot of hours and no doubt a lot of stress to go with it. But at the same time, I also have to imagine that it's a job that has attracted, as we've seen, uh, and will attract a lot of incredible talent, as we've, again, already seen. Because who the thing is, whoever heads the autopilot program when, full, when level four full self-driving comes online and goes wide and becomes a thing that we all have in our cars if we've paid for that option, that person is going to be a hero, not only in the car industry, but the software industry and quite possibly society at large. I mean, that is going to be, there's going to be a lot of recognition. Of course, it's a team effort, obviously. But the person that's heading up that team when that day comes uh, is going to be primed to make a name for themselves off of it. So best of luck to Pete Bannon, because guess what, Pete? We're all rooting for you to do great work. We want to see uh, see the progress you're making and, and see it actually make its way into the Tesla vehicles and out into public roads. Next up this week, following up on the China story that I did from last week, uh, or at least this is me connecting the dots a bit. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. I don't know. But Tesla is officially showcasing the Model 3 in China for the very first time at the Beijing Auto Show. And, and the part where, where I, you know, I'm sort of connecting things here is because what this leads me to believe, I have to think that, that them showing that car there bodes very well for Tesla getting the green light to get that wholly owned, uh, wholly Tesla owned Chinese Tesla factory underway very soon. Otherwise, it would seem to be a bit odd to show off a car with an already absurdly long waiting list and show it off to the largest country in the world, which happens to be a country where the car is not officially available yet. I mean, Tesla has been anti-selling the Model 3 uh, for months now, many months. So it would seem like they know what they're doing if they're publicly, willingly showing it at the enormous Beijing Auto Show. And by the way, Tesla shareholders are no doubt salivating over the prospect of Tesla selling made-in-China Model 3s in a wholly Tesla-owned factory, thus meaning no import duties are slapped on the cars. The, the market potential for Model 3 in China 
is absolutely massive. I mean, there is a lot of money to be made there if Tesla can get their operation uh, really off the ground on a, on a very local way in, in a uh, in a Chinese in a domestic Chinese way, without those tariffs uh, and minimizing their costs by building the cars and and just building them for that market over there. The next item up for bids this week is uh, something of a strange one. A Tesla shareholder has made a proposal that's going to be voted on at the next annual shareholders meeting in June. And that proposal states that uh, they'd like to see the vote to have a vote on whether Elon Musk should be removed as chairman of the Tesla board and replaced with an independent director. The story here coming via Electrek, they say, quote, an owner of 12 Tesla shares named Mr. Jing Zhao from Concord uh, here in the Bay Area, California, put the proposal together. He is a well-known shareholder activist who has previously pushed other proposals at companies like Apple and IBM. He made the argument that combining the role of chairman and CEO might have been beneficial at an early stage at Tesla, but now, uh, not now that the company is maturing. He specifically brought up Tesla, uh, pardon me, Musk's involvement with SolarCity and SpaceX as examples why he can't be considered as an independent chairman. Uh, Mr. Uh, Zhao added in his proposal, quote, an independent chairman of the board of directors is the prevailing practice in the international market, such as in the UK. In the United States, too, many big companies already have or began to have an independent board chairman. Tesla should not be exception. Uh, be the, ex- I think that's, they meant the exception on that. <clears throat> not sure if that's a typo or what, but this did draw a response from Tesla's board of directors. They are, as you would guess, uh, suggesting that shareholders vote against this. They say, quote, the board believes that the company's success to date would not have been possible if the board was led by another director lacking Elon Musk's day-to-day exposure to the company's business. In light of the significant future opportunities for growth and the careful execution needed in order for the company to achieve it, the board believes that the company is still best served by Mr. Musk continuing to serve as chairman. Uh, There's some more uh, after that, but... The point of the matter here is, well, there's a couple things I want to say about this. Uh, one, well, I'll just note that shareholders are going to vote on this. Uh, it's June 5th coming up at 2.30 p.m. Pacific. The event is going to be held at the Computer History Museum located in Mountain View. Now, uh, the first thing I want to say about this is obviously it's not going to pass for, if for no other reason because – you could you could probably make a list here of why this won't pass, but the board they just approved shareholders just approved Elon Musk's extremely comprehensive ten year compensation package. That's not going now. Granted, I know it's not necessarily one and the same thing. This this uh, the shareholder is not asking that Elon Musk be removed from the company, just as chairman not he could you know keep him as ceo but he's saying take him remove him as chairman and have an independent person run that but uh the compensation package that was just agreed upon by tesla shareholders is uh was made with the knowledge that elon musk is serving in the role as chairman and ceo so 
that alone right there, this is not going to pass. My other thought on this is I'm not sure what this gentleman's aim is. And I mean, I don't want to try to sit here and judge his intentions, but I have to say it's it's a little difficult for me to think that he should be taken seriously at all in a matter like this when he's holding 12 shares. He, he Let's say this goes through. He, he doesn't stand to make a lot of money. In fact, no matter what happens, he doesn't stand to make a lot of money. So I don't know if this guy is looking for attention. He's done this at uh, at Apple and uh, IBM that it had said there uh, in, in the electric piece. And may, I mean, for all I know, uh, I'm not sure his position could be way greater in those companies. And I, I don't know that, but I don't know this, this just seemed like one of those weird random things. Uh, but it's, I guess he's a shareholder. He's proposed it. So it's going to get voted on, but, uh, it will, it will not be passing, but never take a vote for granted. If you're a shareholder, feel free to go ahead and, you know, casting your vote is important. Uh, that's, that's not a thing that, that you should take for granted. So if you, disagree with it, or if you agree with it, you should vote either way. Final story this week, I have to say, it's a bit of a slow news week, at least relative uh, to Tesla. The Usually, it's uh, there's a lot more going on than this, so I, I can't really complain. Still got a few interesting stories here, though. And the final one is, is just kind of one for fun. Tesla has announced that their cumulative fleet, that being every single car the company has ever built has now driven a combined 7.2 billion miles. Uh, now, if you were to include Starman and Elon's Roadster, it might be a couple billion more at this point. Uh, but no, we are not including the Roadster that's floating through space. But some other stats from this, and and Tesla decided, you know, that they. They framed these stats in their their typically fun, humorous Tesla way. They noted that the 7.2 billion combined miles that the entire fleet has driven is equivalent to about 5.4 million trips from Bag End to Mount Doom in Middle Earth. And uh, they, they basically they gave all the numbers here some Middle Earth relevance. Their products have saved 7.4 million tons of CO2 from being produced, which they say is enough to feed over 15,000 Ents for a lifetime. Now, I, I saw that and thought, I'd like to know how they came up with, uh, with the nutritional requirements for an Ent. I'm not sure J.R.R. Tolkien laid those out in, in any of the books, but... Um, and then the, the the other figure, 10.3 billion kilowatt hours of electricity produced by Tesla Solar, or enough to power over 143.6 million Palantirs for a year. So a little, little Middle Earth fun for you. These stats were released on Earth Day, so I guess that's why they decided to go with the Middle Earth theme. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to look at these figures again in a year, presumably next Earth Day, and then in two years, as Model 3 production continues to ramp up in a very, very significant way and see how these bookmark days, you know, 7.2 billion combined miles driven with those uh, those other 
good figures for the earth. Uh, let's see how how quickly and high those climb over the, the coming couple of years. All right, that's everything happening in the world of Tesla news-wise this week, but as usual, plenty of excellent calls, a lot of great topics to discuss from you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline. I've got that queued up for you right after this. One more spot for Evoto before we move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Uh, of course, they are in Montreal. If you're there, check them out. They rent Teslas, S's, X's. They've got threes on the way. Unlimited mileage during your rental period. You can park your car securely in their garage while you're out and about in one of their cars. If you want, they'll bring the Tesla to you wherever you happen to be staying. And uh, they've got merchandise on there as well. Some fun sort of Elon Musk universe-inspired uh, merchandise at evoto.ca slash merch. And, of course, the website evoto.ca being a Canadian website. Check them out on any of their social media accounts to keep track of what they're up to. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the, uh, the hashtag or the handle, rather, at Evoto Rentals. That's all one word, E-V-O-T-O-R-E-N-T-A-L-S. That'll keep you up to date on their latest news and events, such as their upcoming meet and greet event with Zach and Jesse and their Model 3. That's going to be happening up in Montreal. So thanks so much for Evoto, uh, for, for the, uh, the spots here over the last uh, month, month and a half. And now Ride the Lightning Hotline time. Your time to shine. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics, I welcome them. They are, I think, a very, very important part of this show. I, I get a lot out of them. It energizes me. I love hearing from you guys. And I think we get some good information. We get some good experiences. We get some good discussion. So do call me if you want to talk Tesla at any point. You can do so very easily in one of two ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record something, try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops, Email it to me. You just email that file after you record it to teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in anytime, day or night, 24-7, and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number for that is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And of course, that means if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake if you want to do it that way. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. I'm going to kick it off this week with Mitch in Marin County, not too far away. He wants to talk performance Model 3. That is a topic near and dear to my heart. So, Mitch, take it away. Hi, Ryan. Mitch in Fairfax in Marin County, California. Two points. Uh, when you talked about the, uh, the too much technology in the Model 3, I don't think it's a permanent magnet motor or anything. I think he's talked about the production line have a quote that supports that and I'm emailing you. Also you talked about performance mode when it come out. I think as soon as the or as soon as the all wheel drive model comes out, they'll have performance mode. It's basically just a software update. So why wouldn't they want to make five or ten thousand dollars a car for X for different software? 
Also, if you want to, perf want to estimate the performance of the performance mode, what I do is I figure out the uh, look at the look at the power of the look at the power percentage of the motors in the front and rear on the S and the X, and figure they're going to add the same proportional percentage of power to the front. And performance mode should knock about 10% off of that for the zero to 60. That would be in line with what they did in the S and the X anyway. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the call, Mitch. Now, Mitch was one of plenty of folks who corrected me on the too much new tech being about the production rather than the car itself. Now, Mitch, as to your thoughts on the performance model, I sincerely hope you're right about the timing. I agree that there's some money on the table waiting to be had by Tesla if they just go that extra mile to add performance variant uh, for the, the hungry folks waiting for dual motor. They'll no doubt cash in a few people that, that get tempted and decide, all right, yeah, I'm going to step up and go performance. I, I don't think it'll just be software, though. That's, uh, I, I don't have any, obviously, evidence <laughs> to back up my, my claim. I, I claim my opinion on that, but I mean, it's certainly possible, but I suspect that the car is going to have a larger motor in the rear of the car, which is how, it, how the S and the X are. I mean, even if that is the case, I would think it wouldn't inhibit the production line too much, even if that is the case with the, with the bigger motor in the back, since the cars are already, the Model 3s are already pre-configured for dual motor. They've been built with it in mind. It's just the cars now don't have a motor in there. I mean, so basically, uh, I know it's, it's not this simple, but you slap the front motor in there, uh, and then with performance, you add the larger motor in the rear if you go ahead and, and order your car that way. So um, I'm hoping that it, it will make logistical production sense for Tesla to go ahead and add the performance in there since they're already, you know, they've got to slap a motor in the rear of the car. Why not, if you order a performance, make it a performance motor. And if you're ordering a dual motor, you've got to slap the motor in the front so you just put the front motor in anyway. So uh, we'll see. But I, what, I, what I just badly want, I just want some official guidance on this from Tesla. Some clarity would really help rather than continuing to be left out in the dark and, and just left to wonder about it. So we'll see. I mean, uh, Elon says we're, we're going to get those dual motor cars once production gets up to 5000 a week, which is maybe July, uh, he had said on Twitter. And then, uh, you know, we saw the, the letter to shareholders, uh, rather to, to employees last week that we talked about. So we'll see. Hopefully it won't be too much longer before we hear something official about performance. Thanks for your call, Mitch. Next up is Brian in Minneapolis. Uh, he is wondering about test drives. He's got an interesting scenario with regard to Tesla test drives. Let's see if we can help him out. Brian, you're on the air. Hi there, Ryan. This is Brian. Um, I'm up in Minneapolis here. So um, I was, the, the reason for my call today, I was actually looking for a car last year. And uh, I'm actually a budding um, Tesla enthusiast. And I've only been listening to your show uh, ever since you had appeared on um, Colin's last stand, even though I've been listening to you on Unlocked for years before that. Um, but the reason I'm calling is when I was looking for a car last year, um, I knew that the S was, you know, was out now, but the three was still in production. It would be a while before I got it, but I set up a reservation anyway, to go take a look at the S, learn about the company and learn about the technology. Um, 
so the caveat here is I'm I'm 23 years old, and if you go online and you attempt to make a reservation for uh, a Tesla Model S or X, it says that in order to test drive, you must be 21. So I thought to myself, hey, I meet that criteria. I'm interested in the company, um, and I'm interested in the car. When I had got to my local Tesla store here in the Minneapolis area, um, they were more than happy to show me the car, but it, it seemed that this local store had set up their own policy where you must be 25. Um, I don't know if this is an issue in my area here or if anyone else in the nation has experienced this. Um, I know that I am young, but I have a good paying job and um, I, I, I did end up buying a car last year, um, Sam's driving the Tesla. So uh, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. If, uh, if anything, in terms of any corporate policies that would allow them to do this uh, or anything like that, because I do know that there are some younger buyers, at least in my area, who are interested in Tesla, but unfortunately are being refused test drives. Um, I'm looking forward to listening in the future. Thank you and have a good one. Thank you for calling, Brian, and welcome to the podcast. Well, you're certainly right about the Tesla.com website. I went ahead and went in there and clicked on the San Francisco store, and then I clicked Request a Test Drive, and it says right there, drivers must have a valid driver's license and be over the age of 21. So I would say, Brian, if you find yourself in the store again, I would politely show that to whomever you're talking to about a test drive, uh, presumably a sales advisor, and just go ahead and explain politely that you're a Model 3 reservation holder and that you're very interested in Teslas and, and would love to, to take a spin in a Model S. I will say that I actually would have guessed that the minimum age for a Tesla test drive would be 25 before you told me that it was 21 and went and checked it on the website. Just because 25 is the age you have to be in order to rent a car at, at a lot of the, the major car rental businesses. Now, if you still get turned down after you go in and you, you politely show them that, I wouldn't push it, you know, especially since you did go ahead and get another car. But, you know, maybe try it again if you find yourself in another city near another Tesla store sometime because that can't be the blanket policy for every Tesla store. Otherwise, the website would seemingly say you must be aged at least age 25. Now, another option for you would be to go on the Tesla Motors Club forums and look for Tesla owners groups in your area. You might be able to attend a meetup, hey, especially now that winter's over uh, for you guys. And in my experience, and I, a lot of experience now over the years here, I've seen it time and time again from people I know and people I barely know, Tesla owners are unbelievably kind people. If you're polite and respectful to them, and, and you certainly do sound like a polite and respectful person based on your call, then I would not be surprised at all if one of them offered you some behind-the-wheel time in one of their cars. So best of luck to you, Brian. Hope you Hopefully you can experience a Tesla for yourself in the not-too-distant future. Next up, Matt in Bowling Green, Kentucky, wanted to react to Elon's time-saving tips that he sent out in that company-wide email we went over last week. Matt, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Matt calling from Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's been a little bit, but I wanted to add some thoughts on to Elon's recent statements about uh, 
changing the way people just interact in his, um, or in, in, inside of Tesla. Um, primarily like if you have an idea, bring it to who needs to hear it, not through the chain of command and things like that. Um, you know, all these changes that he's got going on, um, they might not seem like much, but you know, I, I can't remember maybe four or five different things that he, uh, suggested, you know, those things might save a little bit of time here and there. But when you think about how many, um, employees the company has, um, and how fast they're moving, um, you know, that can save quite a bit of time. And, and I think that that's a really beneficial thing for, for Tesla and getting them, uh, ramped up to where they need to be to start pushing out those model threes, uh, a little bit faster. Um, and I'm currently taking a master's class for my, for my master's of education. And, um, I'm taking a leadership class and some of the things that he's mentioning, um, relate to some of the things that I just read in a recent chapter about, um, you know, the old, um, you got the CEO and then you got some executives underneath them and then upper management underneath them and then more management and, and so on and so forth all down the line it, and things can run really well that way, but then sometimes they can't. And so we've been learning about different ways to manage those kinds of things. And the things that he's, he's, that Elon is saying, um, you know, kind of mimic that. So, uh, I like to think that maybe he's reading the same book I am. I don't, I doubt it, but you know, um, not that Elon really has much time to read anyway. So, all right. Uh, keep up the good work and, uh, thank you very much for all that you do. Fair point here, Matt. Tesla is up to 37,000 employees. Not all of those are in Fremont, but even still, it's plenty of folks in one place. And if everyone heeds those directives from Elon, then you're absolutely right. It's going to add up and save the company at large a lot of time. Q2 is going to be really interesting to hear about once it's over because the prep for Q3 when they're at that point supposed to be profitable uh, and they're likely to trigger that tax credit phase out at that point too. In my opinion, uh, I, I really think Q3 2018 may prove to be the single most important financial quarter in the history of Tesla. It's going to be an interesting one to follow. In fact, a lot of us may get our cars in Q3 2018, which would make it personally important to a lot of us. Next up, Joel in Atlanta, day one reservation holder. Uh, he wanted to talk about uh, various Model 3 things. What's on your mind, Joel? Hi, Ryan. This is Joel from Atlanta. I love your show. It's my first time calling, but I've been listening since around episode 20. I'm a day one reservation holder. I waited in line and was able to sign up just before 1 p.m. My original plan was to wait for the standard battery, although with Elon adjusting the schedule and pushing it to the end of the year, I was concerned I would miss out on the $7,500 tax credit. After I thought about it a lot, I finally decided to pull the trigger and go for the long range battery, as most of that upgrade will be covered by the tax credit. I also have a 2007 Honda Accord with 250,000 miles on it, and the next big expense on it could easily happen before the end of the year. I wanted to let you know I got my invite to configure on April 10th. I ordered it red with aero wheels, but could not afford autopilot or any options above the minimum model right now. I'm still waiting on my VIN, but when I placed my order, it did say three to six weeks for delivery. So in the meantime, I've taken much of your advice and ordered many new detailing supplies. 
and also decided to go ahead and get paint protection film, SunTech Ultra, put on the frunk, the two front fenders, front bumper, fog lights, the A-pillars, the door handles, and right inside the trunk opening. I found two very reputable shops in the area that had nothing but five-star reviews from their customers, and the one I picked is very reasonable, $1,200 for all of that, and the product has a 10-year warranty. I had a quote for the exact same coverage in Expel that was $1,400. This is something I've never done before, but after listening to your show for more than two years, I decided to look into it and feel like it's a worthwhile investment. I don't really have a question for you, but I did want to let your audience know that another fantastic resource for everything Model 3 is the Tesla Model 3 Facebook page. It's a closed group of about 32,000 people, but a fantastic resource, and it just takes an invite from another member to get in. It really helps with the absolute longest part of the wait, which I am experiencing right now, and find myself checking the Tesla page for my VIN number at least three times a day. When it's assigned varies widely depending on geography and what color and wheels you pick, and aero wheels do seem to take longer. Thank you so much for everything you do, and I look forward to calling you back when I get my new car. It's great to hear from you, Joel, and I'm very, very glad to hear that I've been a positive part of your wait while, while you wait for your Model 3. The car will be here before you know it, and, and how cool is it that even though you weren't able to get autopilot now, you'll be able to get it later if you want. Literally no other car allows something like that. I know we've been over this before, but it's just good to remind ourselves from time to time that like, hey, you can't quite stretch your budget to get this uh, feature that, that you may really want to use at some point, but you, you scratch together enough money and you can get that later without having to get a whole new car. So anyway, uh, Joel, you're almost there. Stay strong. I will be here for you while you wait. And then, of course, I'll still be here for you as you hit the road in your new Model 3. Uh, Brian from Minneapolis. Uh, is this the same Brian from before? Is it, did he sneak in here twice? Or is this a different Brian? I, You know, it's funny because I, I just listen to these. I screen these as they come in. Um, but I think... Oh, he wanted to talk about uh, whether it's the same Brian or not. He wanted to talk about the the sort of delivery logistics of Tesla. So st still still an interesting point, even if it's the same guy. So Brian, take it away. Hey, Ryan, thanks for taking my call. Just wanted to share that uh, my order has been in for four weeks and two days now. I ordered on uh, March 22nd and I was getting a little anxious because I haven't seen a vignette for my Model 3. So I called the local store here in Minneapolis and talked to Austin in the delivery area. And I just have to say he was fantastic. Um, he chatted with me for quite a while. You know, I was just excited and wanted to share everything I'm thinking. And, and he was just great to, to listen. I thought it was interesting that uh, he said that um, part of my little extra delay, I was supposed to, I, I got a message of three to six weeks um, for my car to be delivered, and we're not going to hit that because it's a couple, two to four weeks once the VIN is generated is what he told me. So I thought your listeners might find that information interesting. Uh, the cars come from Fremont by train to Chicago, and depending on the number of stops they make on that train trip is a factor. Then they get on a truck in Chicago, and they come up here to, to Eden Prairie, actually, is where the store is in the Twin Cities area. And then they uh, take a couple of days to to detail it, if you can wait. Uh, that's that's kind of the the timeline. So um, anyway, um, I'm I'm obviously excited. Uh, it's hard to wait, 
But um, I'm going to be going to uh, an EV uh, display event, and there's going to be a Model 3 there, so that'll be my second contact. And uh, it's just it's just really exciting. It's so close, and yet getting really hard to wait. So uh, anyway, I thought I'd share that. Uh, thanks for the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, different Brian from Minneapolis. Now that now that I've got that squared away. Anyway, Brian, I am very sorry to hear about your extended wait. But here's the good news. Uh, actually, similar to what I told the other Brian from Minneapolis, winter's over. So when you do get your car, you're going to be hitting the road right into spring and then into summer. So uh, what I would say right now is your chance to knock out a bunch of items from your pre-delivery checklist. Get your financing in order. Make sure all the paperwork is uploaded to your My Tesla. Make sure you've got a home charging solution. Stock up on detailing products, etc. I mean, I can't imagine how tough this last bit of waiting is. Uh, I guess I'll all of us will be fine. We'll be experiencing that at some point. But the good news is it'll be over soon. Thanks for calling in, Brian. Let's go out to Australia. Richard from Perth. Uh, has a request that maybe the audience can help him out with. Richard, take it away. Hi, Ryan. It's Richard Cooper from Perth in Western Australia. As a day one reservation holder, I'm looking forward to getting my car sometime, well, in the next couple of years, right-hand drive. Um, But I'm wondering if someone over there can do me a favour and that I'm coming to California in 54 days for a bit of a holiday with my wife. I'd love to go to the the factory and have a tour or whatever's available. Can I have any advice of anything that can be done to do that? Thanks very much and love your podcast. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for calling in, Richard. I have a bit of bad news, but I'm going to deliver it with some optimism for you. So only Tesla owners can get factory tours unless you know an employee of Tesla and then you can sign up for a tour with, with them. Now, uh, The tours also have to be booked a bit in advance, but seeing as your trip is still about two months away, you're in pretty good shape there, at least. So what I would say is that perhaps a Bay Area Tesla owner who listens to this podcast might be willing to connect with you and get a tour booked for you. I mean, I can't make any promises, obviously, but I can at least politely ask my audience, you are, after all, uh, you know, I don't want this to turn into... Uh, sort of a, a tour matchmaking thing where <laughs> that's a, where that's what this show, that's what the Ride the Lightning Hotline turns into. But you are coming such a long, long way uh, that I thought I would I would uh, throw it out there. And you, you might not hear from anybody, and uh, but maybe you will. So if anyone out there might be willing and able to help Richard out, please go ahead and email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, and then I can go ahead and put you in touch with Richard directly. So uh, the good news, Richard, I I can almost guarantee you will enjoy your trip regardless. So uh, safe travels, and we'll see you out here in the Bay Area very soon. Next up uh, is, we're keeping it international here. In fact, we're in an international block. Let's go to Jonas from Paris, who uh, compares Tesla to Volvo. I want to hear about this. Jonas, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. It's Jonas from Paris. Thanks for having me on the show again. I've learned that by the end of this year, Tesla will eventually be bigger than Volvo. For me, there are some similarities between Tesla and Volvo. Both brands have high-end vehicles and trucks. 
They have both rate attention to safety. And finally, Volvo seems to be one of the only car brands to switch to all electric with Polestar. I found the comparison interesting, and I know you've already compared Tesla to DMC. Anyway, I have two questions for you. What do you think of Polestar? And do you think Tesla will ever add pedestrian airbag like on the Volvo V40? As always, thank you for your hard work and for your kindness. You seem to always put the human side first, and it's very nice to listen to you every week. Au revoir. It's great to hear from you, Jonas. You, know, you and Richard are competing for furthest distance called in from this week, if we're measuring from, from uh, my place here in San Francisco. Although the next caller will, will lay claim to that as well. Anyway, uh, I confess that I haven't been following the Polestar program. I, I do try to keep an eye on what the rest of the industry is doing in the EV department, but I confess I just haven't done much research on Polestar as of yet. Uh, now, as to your second question, I suspect Tesla will continue to do what they think is safest because, as you very correctly noted, Elon Musk and Tesla are very, very big proponents of making vehicles as safe as possible. Now, they're a bit laser-focused on Model 3 production right now above all else, but once they smooth that out, you never know what they might come up with next in the safety features department. Cheers, Jonas. Thank you so much. And again, staying uh, international here, staying abroad. Let's go to Ulrich from Germany. He wanted to respond to Robert's body shop call from last week. So Ulrich, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Ulrich calling from Germany. Thank you for the great podcast. Keep on the good work. I would like to add something to Robert from Bay Area regarding body shop work and spare parts delivery. I doubt it makes a difference if you bring your Tesla with a damage to a service center or to a body shop. At least here in Germany, the service center will bring your car to the next body shop as they have no space to do it by themselves in the service center itself. As I got my Model S two years ago, it was damaged at the front bumper in a parking lot. I had to wait about two months to get a new bumper for my car. This is way too long compared to other manufacturers. Then, end of last year, I had cracking noises in both front seats. I complained at the service center and after a few weeks I got the approval that I will get new front seats. So it was ordered on 7th of November last year. Unbelievable! And after many, many, many complaints, I got the new seats last week. So six months wait. The problem is the spare part delivery from Tesla worldwide. They need to get that fixed as soon as possible if the ramp up of Model 3 will happen. Or they get many, many complaints of other customers and get them unhappy. Other manufacturers will deliver spare parts in a few days. This needs to be achieved by Tesla too. But I'm still happy with my Tesla, so do not damage yours and you will get no problem. Thank you and bye. It is a bit concerning to hear these body shop stories, I have to say. Now, 
I know this isn't everyone's experience, but still. And Ulrich's call uh, and, and the other calls on, on Body Shop stuff underscore what is to me a very significant point uh, that Tesla needs to get out in front of this now. Not next year, not next quarter, now. Before Model 3s are absolutely everywhere, and oh, by the way, the S's and the X's keep coming at a very consistent, very reliable 60,000 uh, units each per year. So uh, there's that as well. You know, that the, the flow of S's and X's isn't stopping either. So I really hope Tesla can get ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the curve on this because quite frankly, it sounds like they're already a bit behind it. You know, you don't want to have a wonderful car buying experience and, a, and what will hopefully be a wonderful car ownership experience be undermined in, in, even in the slightest by infrastructure or a lack of sufficient infrastructure with, with service. So hopefully Tesla's on this. Uh, we know they are. Of course, they're continually expanding, but hopefully they're, they're going to expand quickly and, and uh, to the furthest reaches uh, of, the, uh, of the car buying world. Next up, an old regular caller, Jason from Newport Beach. He also wanted to respond to Robert uh, about body shop stuff. This is the other other call in response to this this week. We're not going to dwell on it for any longer, but let's hear what Jason has to say on this topic. Jason, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Jason from Newport Beach here. I'm responding to Robert's call on episode 142 last week regarding body shop. I'm going through a similar experience with my Tesla Model S. It's been in the shop after an accident for almost three months. Uh, Tesla has uh, done a couple of things in the right direction. They have increased the number of body shops they're using. The Service King chain, which is about 900 shops nationally, is now on the authorized list. Uh, that's who I am using. Also, Tesla has a special group inside for body shop support. You can email them at support at tesla.com, I believe. I'm going to double-check that. But there's a group there internally that's a customer advocate, please use them. They're great. My recommendations for Tesla owners are to take an active role in your repair process. Make sure the body shop support team at Tesla is talking about uh, the correct parts with your body shop. Stay all over everybody. Also, make sure that your insurance has a generous rental car allowance since you're going to have your car out for weeks in the event of a serious accident. Um, fortunately, I have very good insurance. I discovered uh, it covered me for about three months, but even that's going to come to an end. Also, the accident that I got into, I was hit by an uninsured motorist, unfortunately. Uh, so double-check your insurance to make sure you've got adequate or maybe even more than adequate coverage for underinsured or uninsured motorists since these Teslas are awfully expensive to fix. Uh, that's my experience, and I hope others who uh, are similarly situated can uh, have a speedier process through the Body Shop uh, support network. Thanks. Bye. Jason, thank you so much for this informative phone call because I was not aware of that email support address. I really, really appreciate you sharing it, and I hope that that can be of help to Robert. I, and, you know, of course, I hope none of the rest of us ever need it. But it's great to know about that. So thank you, and best of luck to both you and to Robert as well. One more call this week. The honor goes to Michael from Baltimore, 
who is uh, really just trying to decide, big tough decision, whether to configure his Model 3 now or wait a little bit for what, to, what he's after. So let's see if we can help Michael. Hello, Ryan. This is Michael from Baltimore. I got my invite a few weeks ago from my Model 3, which I was very excited about. However, I'm on the fence of what to do next. It all has to do with having to get the premium version with the longer battery. I was all set to get the 35000 version with the tax credit, which would bring me in line to what I usually pay for my Honda Accords, which is now almost 13 years old with 200,000 miles. My commute's only 30 miles round trip, and I have a minivan for long road trips, so I'm finding it hard to justify paying the extra $14,000 for features I really don't need, but it would be it would really be nice to snag the full tax credit. Like you, I plan to keep the car a long time, like in the past, but who knows what the battery will be like in 10 to 12 years. I know recently you've talked about how the, the car has been holding up with high mileage, but in our case, longevity seems to be more the issue. And since the batteries have not been around that long, it's hard to predict. I know the warranty we'll get is 70% by year eight, but I wonder when you get up to year 10 or higher, will the linear deg degradation continue or will there be a sudden drop? From a service standpoint, it doesn't seem like we will have the $600 a year cost like the Model S, and it's more like rotating tires, changing brake fluid, and battery coolant. Do you agree on that front? And finally, from a quality standpoint, it would seem when the new base model gets introduced, there might be some initial quality issues with the smaller battery pack, the metal roof, and other changes that they need to make from the current version that's being produced. So I'm curious on your perspective on my internal debate. I'm really torn on which way to go. On a side note, I used the Tesla form to locate an owner that would let me drive his car for a little bit to get a test drive. That was awesome and a great way to pay it forward with the existing owners. And finally, saw the first Model 3 today in the wild in Baltimore. Awesome. Thanks again for the podcast. You do a great job and appreciate all you do for the Tesla community. You're in a tough spot, Michael, no doubt. As I've been saying, it looks like the tax credit isn't going to trigger until the beginning of Q3, or Tesla's going to hopefully make sure of it anyway. And that means that the full tax credit would be available through the end of this year. Now, are you a late 2018 estimate for standard battery, or are you early 2019? I'm not sure when you reserved and what you're showing in your... Uh, in your delivery estimator in your My Tesla account. If it's the former, if it's uh, if it's late 2018, you might be able to stick to your guns and wait and still get the full $7,500 tax credit. If you end up in early 2019, though, remember, you wouldn't be losing $7,500. You'd be losing $3,750. So you'd save the $14,000 that you said you don't really want to spend, but you'd be giving back $3,750 of the tax credit. So you basically have to ask yourself if you'd rather have the car sooner and spend about $6,500 more than you want to and get a car with more features uh, that, that, aren't, that you're saying aren't necessary for you or wait, get exactly the features you need and spend $3,750 more. Uh, you know, I also don't know what your current car situation is. You know, are you in a position to wait it out? It, it's tough, but if you just do the math, you can hopefully at least make an informed decision. Although uh, your heart might try to get its two cents in 
uh, alongside what your brain is saying as well. So I wish you the best, whichever way you decide to go. Thank you, Michael. Thanks to everyone that called in this week. Again, I, uh, I can't get to quite every call uh, during the weekly show. And so you, a lot of you, or some of you anyway, will, will get yourself featured in the monthly bonus episode that's exclusive to the $10 and up Patreon backers, which is just all the extra Ride the Lightning hotline calls that I get throughout a month uh, put together into a whole hotline show that's, uh, that's uh, for the Patreon folks. So you can check that out. If you're interested and want to hear, there's now, there are now 20, was it 22 of them or something? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> there's quite a few of them in there. Anyway, uh, again, give me a ring anytime if you want to talk, uh, question, comment, discussion topic in the world of Tesla. You can record something on your phone and then email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in and leave a message anytime you want on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number for that is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a few mentions, a few parting thoughts for you right after this. Before I go, I want to remind you that, remember, the front of the Model 3 is all paint, unlike... ICE cars that have, you know, grills that, that uh, are unpainted surfaces that can uh, more easily absorb rocks and things without noticing. On the Model 3, it's just all paint. You're going to get uh, your, your potentially a lot of rock chips. So I, like I said, I'm, I'm wanting to do the paint protection film on my car. If that's something that interests you or you want to look at other detailing options, whether it's Seacourt's uh, Finest Reserve the ceramic coating, whether it's uh, just a, a nice wash and wax, whether it's new car delivery prep, uh, that you know paint correction from the factory, whatever you might want to do to help not only get that Model 3 looking great, but keep it looking great for a long, long time. If you're taking delivery in the Bay Area and or you live in the Bay Area, you want to look up my friends at Immaculate Reflections. Find them online at irdetailing.com. You can also find them on Yelp and Instagram, Immaculate Reflections on there. 16 years of experience over there. They are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution. And remember, 10% off right now for my listeners. Any, And that's for anything, whether it's a basic wash clay bar wax, whether it's a paint correction detail, a ceramic coating package, uh, paint protection, whatever you're doing, coupon code RTL10, all one word, all together. RTL 10 on that. That is potentially a lot of money saved depending on what, you know, how far you want to go with uh, with the, the detailing service on that. In addition, if you are a military veteran, this is not a promotional code. This is an all the time thing. Military discount. No code, no nothing needed. Just your military ID or veteran ID card. That's 10%. And if you're both a military uh, veteran, a military member, and a listener of the show, you can stack those two discount codes, get 20% off, uh, do some serious protecting of your Tesla and save yourself a serious amount of cash in the process. If you're buying a Model S or X, I would encourage you to use my cousin Patrick's referral code. That'll get you free unlimited lifetime supercharging. And his code is Patrick5008. 
give that to your sales advisor. Or if you're ordering online, just type uh, this into your browser, ts.la slash Patrick5008. That'll take you to the design studio with that code baked in and your lifetime supercharging uh, baked into that. I want to thank the Patreon producers, the extremely generous and kind folks who support my weekly efforts here at the podcast at the $20 per month level or higher. That's Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., David Kittle, Eric Randolph, and David Nondahl. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, you can find my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. So pretty easy to find there. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, whatever whatever you might feel like supporting me with, uh, whatever level you you deem appropriate, every little bit helps, and it's uh, super appreciated to uh, to keep this thing rolling. Again, you know, a lot of time, a lot of energy goes into this every week, which hopefully shows in the final product. I, cer- I certainly hope so. One more mention: uh, if you're if you're not done spending money on your Tesla, abstractocean.com. Very cool lighting upgrades lighting solutions, other accessories for you and your Tesla. Check them out. See what they've got. AbstractOcean.com. Those puddle lights, the big sellers for them right now, but they've got lots of other fun stuff as well. They've got a coupon code, kindly extended uh, as usual, that's been going for a while, thankfully, for listeners of this podcast. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST. That's all one word. RTLPODCAST at checkout and get 20% off of your first order. So that's good on your very first order over there. Uh, Follow me on Twitter if you're interested in tweeting and tweets. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, the show email address, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast if if you do not do so already via whatever platform you prefer. Uh, Most of you, according to my metrics, are iTunes, but also Google Play, Stitcher, Tune in Spotify, or you can grab individual episodes or the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is uh, very plain, very plain and simple. But everything you need is there. It's teslapodcast.libsyn.com. L-I-B-S-Y-N. On that, I think that wraps it up. What are we? Gosh, April is done. As of a few days from now. We're into May, which means, yeah, boy, we're getting closer to dual motor production, hopefully. Maybe that will also mean performance model production, the higher run rate per week, more and more of us getting our cars, the tax credit phase-out probably being triggered uh, come July as well. So a a lot happening. We're heading into a, a just hugely critical part of Tesla's history and of their year. And uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be fun. There'll be a lot to cover. I will be here, of course, with you every step of the way to update you, to analyze everything, share some perspectives, share some opinions, 
share your phone calls, your thoughts, and questions, and comments as well. So stick with me. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I love doing this, as I, as I tell you, uh, a lot. This, this is an energizing thing for me to do. I mean, yeah, a lot goes into it. A lot of my evenings get taken up doing this. Uh, after my, my daughter goes to bed every night, I come down here and work on this podcast each and every night until it's time to record on Friday night. But uh, just the, the, the feedback, the, the energy, the positivity that I get back from, from you guys via your tweets, via your emails, your phone calls, uh, and yeah, certainly Patreon as well, all that stuff put together, man. It, it, it feels really good to, to uh, be well-received, to be making something that there are people out there enjoying. I mean, it feels really, really good, uh, especially when you've built it with your own two hands. Like I, I've, I was telling my wife this recently. I, I've always worked for a company in my life, I've, whereas uh, you know, in her family, a lot of them are self-employed. They, they, they own their own business or what have you, but me, I've just, you know, I've, I've just always worked for someone and there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but it's been really cool to, you know, conceive of and, and, uh, build and maintain and continue to grow this podcast completely on my own. Like it, the buck starts and stops with me for better and for worse, but I love it. Like it feels really good that, that, which, you know, cause that means when the, when, when people have nice things to say, man, it really, it really really goes right to my heart. Feels really, really good. So, uh, thank you all for your support again, whether you're, uh, just listening every week, that's supporting whether, whatever you're, whatever level you're supporting at, it's all good. I appreciate it. And, uh, I look forward to a great spring and a great summer of Tesla coverage coming up. And, uh, we'll see, you know, when, when those dual motors start coming, probably a lot more of us are going to start getting our cars too. So, it's going to be super fun. Hopefully, one of these shows, Daisy will decide to be awake for it. She's a quiet dog anyway. She's not really one to make a lot of noise. She's not really a barker, thankfully, just as Maggie wasn't. But anyway, now I'm rambling, so I'm going to stop doing that, let you get on with your day, with your week. Thank you so much for trusting me with an hour plus of your time each week because your time is one of your most valuable assets. I know that. I respect that. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week.